Well, go ahead and turn with me to your Bibles to John chapter 6. John chapter 6. As you are turning there, I want to let you know that we will be taking a break from John over the next four weeks, um, going through the book of Ruth for Advent. <laughs> We're going to see how it goes, because I've never gone through the book of Ruth for Advent. But uh, after I did some research and been studying on it, it's actually really cool. So starting next Sunday, we'll be going through the book of Ruth. But today, we're going to be in John 6, beginning in verse 34. If you are there, say word. word. Very good. If you'll stand with me in the honor of the reading of God's word here at Red Cross Baptist, we'd like to honor the reading of God's word. We begin with scripture and we end with scripture because this is our foundation. Beginning in verse 34. They said to him, sir, give us this bread always. Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me shall not hunger and whoever believes in me shall never thirst. But I said to you that you have seen me and yet do not believe. All that the father gives me will come to me and whoever comes to me, I will never cast out. For I have come down from heaven, not to do my own will, but the will of him who sent me. And this is the will of him who sent me, that I should lose nothing of all that he has given me, but raise it up on the last day. For this is the will of my father, that everyone who looks on the son and believes in him should have eternal life. And I will raise him up on the last day. So the Jews grumbled about him because he said, I am the bread that came down from heaven. They said, is not this Jesus, the son of Joseph, whose father and mother we know? How does he now say, I have come down from heaven? Jesus answered them, do not grumble among yourselves. No one can come to me unless the father who sent me draws him and I will raise him up on the last day. It is written in the prophets and they will all be taught by God. Everyone who has heard and learned from the father comes to me. Not that anyone has seen the Father except he who is from God. He has seen the Father. Truly, truly, I say to you, whoever believes has eternal life. I am the bread of life. Your fathers ate the manna in the wilderness and they died. This is the bread that comes down from heaven so that one may eat of it and not die. I am the living bread that came down from heaven. If anyone eats of this bread, he will live forever. And the bread that I will give for the life of the world is my flesh. The Jews then disputed among themselves, saying, How can this man give us his flesh to eat? So Jesus said to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you have no life in you. Whoever feeds on my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life, and I will raise him up on the last day. For my flesh is true blood, and my blood is true drink. Whoever feeds on my flesh and drinks my blood abides in me, and I in him. As the living Father sent me, and I live because of the Father, so whoever feeds on me, he also will live because of me. This is the bread that came down from heaven. Not like the bread the fathers ate and died, whoever feeds on this bread will live forever. Jesus said these things in the synagogue as he taught at Capernaum. 
Let's pray. Father God, we thank you for your word. I pray, Lord, that you will humble us, open up our eyes to the truth of what your word has for us today. Help us to see it and help us to apply it to our lives. In your son's precious name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. John Allen Chow, I think is how you say his name, C-H-A-U, could be Cho. John Allen Chow from Washington State lost his life last week. He was 26 years old, and he was heading into the North Sentinel Island, a remote Indian island, where lives a people group that is shut off from the world. They are hostile, they're dangerous, and according to the Indian government, they are not to be approached. It is illegal for you to approach this people group. But there was something about John, a man from America, 26 years old. He was a Christian. And he knew that this people group was an unreached people group. In other words, this people group has never heard the name of Jesus Christ. This people group has never had the gospel brought to them. And he knew that this people group were dying without the gospel. Now, he's returning to this island. He has already been before. He has already brought fish to the people. And uh, he decided to come back. He knew that if they died without hearing the gospel and trusting in the gospel, they would surely go to hell. We need to understand that, church, that even if somebody dies without hearing the gospel, because of their sin, they still go to hell. So last week, John paid some fishermen to take him to the island and dropped him off. As he was heading into the island, he was shot by a bow and arrow and died. He knew the cost because of the gospel that he was carrying to them. This guy that gave his life, even though there's some controversy about people believing that, you know, he shouldn't have gone because it was against the law. He knew that, that, that they were a hostile group. This guy was bold enough because of the gospel that has already saved him, he was bold enough to approach a people group knowing that he could die so that they could live. Oh, if only we could be as bold as that. If only we could be as bold to, put, to be willing to put our lives on the line for people who are dying without the gospel. Today in John 6, Jesus is providing a gospel message to the crowd. Now this crowd has come to him in verse 34. They said, sir, give us this bread always. We talked last Sunday about how Jesus is the bread from heaven. He's the better manna. And this crowd still, even though they looked to Jesus and said, give us this bread always, they're looking to Jesus to provide physical nourishment. Give us this bread always. Don't let us starve. 
But Jesus goes on to tell them that I'm not only the bread from heaven, but I'm the bread of life. Now, there are a few things that I want to show you from this passage that I hope we can take away and I hope that it can apply to our lives. And I hope from this message can strengthen us and give us the boldness we need to live like John Allen Chow. So the main idea that I want to get across to you today is this. Eternal life can only be found by looking on and believing the Son of God. Eternal life can only be found by looking on and believing the Son of God. Now we live in a culture that tells us Believe what you want to believe and do good and there will be something good waiting for you in the afterlife. We live, I went to a so-called Christian school who taught me that a group of Hindus, even though they are, they are good and they believe in something, this group of Hindus is going to go to heaven one day. Sadly, that's not true. Because if you have not put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ, you do not have eternal life in heaven. John Allen Chow knew that when he approached that people group. He knew that these people were dying without the gospel. He knew that they needed it. And I know some of y'all may be sitting here wondering, you know, that, that it doesn't seem very fair that somebody who's never had the chance to hear the gospel, that they go to hell. I'm sure somebody in here is thinking that. And here's my response to that. If that is true, that if somebody who has never heard the gospel, that God is going to send them to heaven because they never had the opportunity to hear the gospel, then the worst thing you can ever do is share the gospel with somebody. You might as well just shut your mouth and let them live a life blind and deaf from the gospel of Jesus. If that is true. But it's not. That is not true. People are dying without the gospel. And we are called to go. So here are a few things I, I want to show you from John 6, 34 to 59. Number one. We are unable to come to Christ on our own. We are unable to come to Christ on our own. John 6, 44, it says this. No one can come to me. This is Jesus. No one can come to me unless the Father who sent me draws him. We must understand this, church, that apart from the work of God in our lives, we cannot come to Jesus for salvation. And here's what I mean. I'm talking about you can't just wake up one day and just out of the blue think I'm going to follow Jesus. There has to be a work of God within our lives to draw us to that point. Romans 3, 10 through 12, it says, None is righteous, no, not one. No one understands, no one seeks for God. All have turned aside. Together they have become worthless. No one does good, not even one. Church, you are not good. There is nobody on this planet 
that is good enough to go to heaven. You cannot get to Christ on your own. You are unable to. Because of our sin. We are so dead in our sins that we are blind to the truth of the gospel. Even the crowd here that Jesus is talking to is blind to who Jesus is. And Jesus is standing right in front of them. They see Jesus just as somebody to fulfill their physical nourishment, not their spiritual nourishment. We need a work of God in our lives to see who Jesus is. And this is what Jesus is trying to show the crowd. 1 Corinthians 2.14, it says this, The natural person does not accept the things of the Spirit of God, for they are folly to him, and he is not able to understand them because they are spiritually discerned. Romans 8, 7, it says, For the mind that is set on the flesh is hostile to God, for it does not submit to God's law. Indeed, it cannot. In Ephesians 2, 1 through 3, And you were dead in the trespasses and sins in, once, in which you once walked. Not dying, not drowning, dead. Following the course of this world, following the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that is now at work in the sons of disobedience, among whom we all once lived in the passions of our flesh, carrying out the desires of the body and the mind, and were by nature children of wrath like the rest of mankind. The entire Bible, from Genesis to Revelation, continually tries to show us that we cannot do anything on our own. Look at the Old Testament. You leave it to the Israelites to do something on their own, they fail constantly. We are sick. We are sinful. And the only thing that we can do is sin because we are sinners from birth. David even tells us in the Psalms that from birth I was born in iniquity. If you don't believe that we're sinful from birth, come watch my kids one night. You'll see real quick that we are, that we are sinful from birth. Real quick. Am I right, Leto? And we need a work of God in our lives to bring us to Jesus. We need to be shown that we are sinful. Why do you think we pray for the lost? Why do you think we pray for people who don't know Jesus, because we need a work of God in the lives of the law so that they can see their sin and their need for the cross. This right here should affect how we pray for our loved ones who don't know Jesus. We are called to share the gospel with them. But it's God who does the work in their life. It, it, it was by work of God that I came to know the gospel. Because I am unable to come to Christ on my own. But here's the beauty of the gospel. We just read Ephesians 2, 1 through 3. Ephesians 2, 4 through 9. The best two words out of the entire Bible. But God. You are dead in your sins. You have messed up. You are lost. Verse 4. But God being rich in mercy because of the great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, he made us alive together with Christ. 
By grace you have been saved. And he raised us up with him and seated us with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. So that in the coming ages he might show the immeasurable riches of his grace and kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. For by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not your own doing. It is the gift of God, not a result of, of work so that no one may boast. Church, we are unable to come to Christ unless the Father does a work within us. He brings us to Jesus. And that leads me to number two. Not only are we unable to come to Christ, the Father draws us to the Son by grace alone. John 6, No one can come to me unless the Father who sent me draws him. The Father draws us. That, that's beautiful. That is beautiful. This is, this is like a, a wooing. This is like, a, like, come on. This isn't forceful. This is, this is a beautiful picture of grace for us. How many in here are married or, or, or have somebody in their life that they are in love with? Somebody that is, is a real person. Okay. Remember the first time that you saw that person that you were in love with? And you realize that you wanted to be with them the rest of your life. I remember the first time I saw Tara. First day of sophomore year. I've shared that story several times. I couldn't take my eyes off of her. Long story short, she didn't like me. So I was like, forget you then. But then, a few years later, my freshman year of college at Mars Hill, I found her on MySpace of all places. MySpace. Anybody in here remember MySpace? Yeah. We struck up a conversation. We talked for six to eight hours a night for a whole week. I had schoolwork to do. And that started December 4th, 2016. We're coming up on our 12-year anniversary of falling in love with each other. I came home from school December 8th, 2016. And on December 13th, 2016, I saw her. I mean, I really, for the first time, saw her. This was no conversation over the phone. This wasn't a conversation over MySpace. I got to go see her. And it was at, guess what? A Bible study. What better place to fall in love with somebody than at a Bible study? And let me tell you, she will tell you that I was shy because I didn't talk a lot. But it wasn't because I was shy. It was that I wasn't real sure what I was feeling for the first time. Like I had finally found someone that I wanted to spend the rest of my life with. Remember those butterflies? I still get them when I'm around her. And I, I hope you do too. Not when you're around her, but when you're around your significant other. Church, the, the Father draws us to the Son with love. That, that feeling we got the first time when we really came to understand who Jesus was. And our need for him and how much he loved us. Not only was it a time of conviction and a time where it, it, it kind of hurt, you know, but love hurts, right? It was also a time of joy where we realized that this is our treasure. It was a crazy feeling. And it's a feeling that we should never lose. The father draws us to the son and it's by grace alone. He doesn't look at us and see anything in us that he sees as better than others. There is no qualification. There is no condition in his drawing of us. He draws by grace 
alone. Ephesians 2, 4 through 5, but God being rich in mercy because of the great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, he made us alive together with Christ. By grace, you have been saved. He draws us to the Son because of his great love for us, because of his great mercy for us. He draws us, this is how, he draws us through the preaching of the word of God. Romans 10, 17, it says, so faith comes from hearing and hearing through the word of Christ. That's why the preaching of the gospel is so vital in our worship services. We don't need fancy lights. We, we don't need a fog machine up here. We, we don't need the best programs. We don't have to be the best dressed. We just need the preaching of the word of God. That's the only thing that can draw people to the Savior is the Father through the preaching of the Word. Because it's through this Word that God draws people to Himself by convicting us of our sin and showing us our need for a Savior. Hebrews 4.12, for the Word of God is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing the division of soul and of spirit, of joints and of marrow, and discerning the thoughts and intentions of the heart. Church, it's this word that we proclaim so that others may be drawn to the Son. The Father draws us through the preaching of the word and he draws us through the power of the Holy Spirit. Because it's the Spirit that opens our eyes to the truth. It's the Spirit that convicts us of our sin. It's the Spirit that grabs our hearts of stone and transforms it into a heart of flesh. So we see that we're unable to come to Christ apart from the power of God. And it's the Father that draws us to the Son. But then, number three, we respond through faith alone. We respond through faith alone. John 6, 35, Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. He's telling the crowd this, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me shall not hunger. And whoever believes in me shall never thirst. John 6, 40, for this is the will of my Father, that everyone who looks on the Son and believes in Him should have eternal life, and I will raise Him up on the last day. John 6, 47 and 48, for this is the will of my Father, that everyone who looks on the Son and believes in Him should have eternal life, and I will raise Him up on the, on the last day. John 6, 51 through 58, I am the living bread that came down from heaven. If anyone eats of this bread, he will live forever. And the bread that I will give for the life of the world is my flesh. Verse 53, so Jesus said to them, truly, truly, I say to you, unless you eat the flesh of the son of man and drink his blood. He's not talking about cannibalism. Don't get freaked out. He's using a metaphor to talk about us believing in the Savior. Unless you eat the flesh of the son of man and drink his blood, you have no life in you. Whoever feeds on my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life, and I will raise him up on the last day. For my flesh is true food, and my blood is true drink. Whoever feeds on my flesh and drinks my blood abides in me, and I in him. Church, we must place our faith in Christ and trust in him, that he is our savior, that he is our source of true satisfaction, and that he is our great treasure. Ephesians 2, 8 through, through 9, it says, For by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not your own doing. It is the gift of God, not a result of works, 
so that no one may boast. We are called to look to the bread of life for salvation. We can't find it anywhere else. And church, there's nothing else we can do to receive this. It doesn't matter how much you give to the church. It doesn't matter your attendance here. It doesn't matter how much you love people or how much you give to people. That doesn't matter. Have you put your faith and trust in Jesus? Is he your treasure? This is what Jesus is trying to show the crowd. Look to me. Not to what I can do, but to who I am. I am the bread of life. Feed on me. Believe in me. Trust in me. Stop trusting in your works. Stop trusting in yourself. Church, that's a message for today. Because even in our culture, we are told just to believe in something. And if you can't believe in a God, believe in yourself. Okay, you're making yourself God. But just believe in something and be good to people. And something good will be waiting for you in the afterlife. Church, that is not true. That's the gospel of Satan. That is not true. Because here's the thing. We are not good. You may think you are good, but according to God's standards, you're not good. We need a Savior. Do you know why? God sees you as good after you come to know Jesus because when he looks at you, he looks at his son, Jesus Christ. We are sinful, unable to approach God apart from the work of God in our lives and we need Jesus. (laughs) And here's, here's something so good. Once we put our faith and trust in him, he holds us. Number four, we have assurance, not because of our hold of Christ, but because of his hold of us. John 6, 37 through 39, all that the father gives me will come to me and whoever comes to me, I will never cast out for I have come down from heaven, not to do my own will, but the will of him who sent me. And this is the will of him who who sent me that I should lose nothing of all that he has given me, but raise it up on the last day. John 10, 28, I give them eternal life and they will never perish and no one will snatch them out of my hand. We're going to come to that in a few months. Church, we don't have to rely on our hold of Jesus. So stop working at it. God does not love you any less because you're not reading your Bible as much as as you should be. God does not love you any less because you are imperfect. God loves you because you are saved by his son. And Christ has a hold on us. If it were relying on us to hold on to Christ, we would let go every single day. We would lose our grasp every single day. But because salvation is a work of God, By the grace of God, our salvation is held by God. Is it that encouraging? It's just like that old hymn. Blessed assurance, Jesus is mine. Oh, what a foretaste of glory divine, heir of salvation, purchase of God, born of his spirit, washed in his blood. Perfect submission, all is at rest. 
I and my Savior am happy and blessed, watching and waiting, looking above, filled with his goodness. And check this out. Lost in his love. This is my story. This is my song. Praising my Savior all the day long. This is my story. This is my song. Praising my Savior all the day long. Church, have you trusted in Jesus today? Because you can't work yourself to heaven. You need the power of God. Romans 1.16, it says, For I am not ashamed of the gospel. Why? For it is the power of God unto salvation to anyone who believes. If you have not put your faith in Jesus, will today be that day? Will today be that day that you come to the realization that you need a Savior? That you cannot work yourself to heaven. That you are not good enough to stand before the throne of God. That you need a mediator. You need someone who will stand in your place. The perfect, spotless Lamb of God. Will you put your faith and trust in Him today? And for those who have already put their faith and trust in Jesus, what's stopping you from taking this message to the nations? I pray that we can be as bold as John Chow who gave his life for that unreached people group. I pray that we are willing to sacrifice everything for the sake of the gospel because Christ sacrificed everything for us. I pray that we can live each and every single day to the glory of God. A friend of mine once, once uh, told me, he said, I've got a new perspective of a daily life. I said, okay, this might be weird, but what you got? He said, every morning I wake up, I ask God, how can I make much of you today? Church, we have the gospel. This is the gospel. The good news is that Jesus Christ shed his blood for our sins. He is the bread of life that was broken for us. How else do we eat bread? We have to break it. How else does it satisfy us? We have to chew it. Jesus' body was broken so that it can satisfy our spiritual needs. I pray you know him today. And I pray that you are seeking to be as bold for the sake of the gospel. Let's pray. Father God, we are thankful for who you are. We are thankful that we are able to look to the bread of life because that is where eternal life can be found. God, I pray, as I pray every week, if there is somebody in here that does not know you, I pray, God, that you would draw them to you. Grab their hearts. Show them who you are. Show them your love because, God, it is not relying on me. It's all relying on you and your power. I pray. I pray that you would show them. And, God, I pray that you would make us bold. I pray that because of this gospel message, we are willing to take it to the edges of the world. That we are willing to sacrifice everything so that people will know who you are. 
Because you gave all for us. You gave your very son so that we can know you. You sacrificed your very son so that we can be reconciled back to you. So God, I pray that we are willing to give it all so that others who have never heard you, who have never put their faith in you, that they would do that. God, we thank you for men like John Chow. We have history books written of missionaries who have given their lives for the sake of the gospel, and now we have a new one. We have a new person. God, I see this guy as a hero, and I pray that you would make me and the rest of us in this room as bold as he is to share the gospel. We ask all these things in your son's precious holy name we pray. Amen.